I'm encouraged tonight because my five-year-old gave me a little letter here tonight before we start. It says, you're a star. And she put a little love heart in the middle. That's from Cleo. So I'm feeling really, uh, really good. Just love the heart of a five-year-old. And uh, as uh, Monty said, we are, you know, we're in this thing of being unstuck. And I'm just so convinced that uh, the Lord always wants to move us forward and higher. And being stuck isn't His way. And there are things we go through in life that can often feel stuck. And sometimes they are stuck. But one thing I know, they're not the place to camp. They're never the place to camp. We're always to move through. And uh, in Psalms 40, it says this, and I love this verse, these two verses, because I think it really does just indicate God's plan for us. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock. Monty, there was a rock. And established my steps. That is God's plan for us, to pick us up. I love that he likes to pick us up. I'm glad that it's him picking up. We don't have to climb out sometimes. We just got to cry out to him and believe that he is there to pick us up, that his redeeming power is there to help us. And one thing I know about life is we are all going to go through things. And we're looking at uh, facing when we uh, failures in life. And sometimes in life they happen without a shadow of a doubt. But so often it's the response. Two people can have exactly the same experience but they can end up in different places because of their response. And our response is so key and so critical. And all of us can find ourselves sometimes in a place where if we allow the enemy to come in and camp around us and keep us weighted down, we're going to find ourselves where we shouldn't be. Because he would love us to remain wounded in life, offended in life, disheartened in life, isolated, afraid, concerned, and worried after every time we fail. But who knows that that's not God's plan for us. It never, ever is his plan for us. He wants to swiftly move us through situations and unto higher ground, unto a better place. And I love that about God. Because we do have times in life where we feel like we've definitely failed and life doesn't always go to the plan that we have. I can remember as a young man, the day I opened my letter with my HSC result. I'm 42, so it was quite some time ago, 24 years ago, that I graduated out of high school. It was what we used to uh, use was called a TER. Was anyone around where TER was given out? And now it's all sorts of, they just keep changing and I don't know the different terms, but yeah, ATAR or whatever and all these names. But I can remember the day I opened that. Now, there was a season where I had really high hopes about my uh, education prowess and about how amazing my brain was. I thought I'd be a, uh, I thought I'd follow in my father's footsteps, and he was a doctor. So I thought, oh, that, that could work for me. What about sports medicine? So by the uh, age of uh, about 16, I started going and doing work experience with some sports medicine doctors, and I thought this could be cool. Started selecting the subjects that uh, could get me there, like chemistry. And... Uh, Started to get into these, but uh, I quickly, I think, realized that uh, to get into do university and become a doctor was going to be a little bit beyond me. And when I opened that uh, envelope, I realized I was a long way short of ever being able to get into university with uh, my TER score. And it felt a little bit like in the moment that, oh man, I, it, it felt like I'd failed to a degree. 12 years of education, this is all you can come up with, Hartley. And, uh, and it was a pass, so it's okay. It wasn't, it was, it was somewhere north of 50%, somewhere up in that thing. 
you can uh, I can tell you later how it went, but uh, but it felt kind of disappointing. But you know, you've always got decisions in life. Do you just camp in that place and just think, or do you go, no, there's it's all good, it's all good. God's going to work a way. God's going to help me get through. I'm actually not a f- I didn't, I'm not failing. Isn't you know just me, and it's not what I'm going to be. There's always a way through, and I just know in God, there's always somewhere He's guiding and leading us. That even if maybe we didn't take something by the horns and do something in one area great with, there's, there's always other chances. There's always other opportunities. He's always going to open doors because God's God and He's got good plans and good things for us. I did make it into university. I started to become a primary school teacher. Realized two weeks in that it wasn't for me, but decided that I'd go through a whole year of study because I don't like to stop things and be a quitter. I thought oh, maybe I'll use those credits one day. So I got through and things worked out okay. But We've just got to know that in life, God's God. And He's going to always give us opportunities to find ourselves unstuck and moving forward. And you could be here today and it could be a whole lot of things you felt like you failed in. You might have failed in business before. You might have started that business. You know, 50% of businesses that start don't go beyond four years in this country. There's a high percentage. That could be you here tonight and you're feeling a little bit of pain associated with that. Maybe you've recently lost a job. Maybe you had a great job, but you didn't take it, you know, well enough on your plate and you let it slip through your fingers. Maybe you've made some poor investments here tonight and you feel like you've, you've failed. Maybe you've lost your marriage and you feel like you've failed. Maybe you haven't done well as a parent. You feel like you've failed. Maybe as a son or a daughter, you feel like you've failed. Maybe there's been some friendships that you feel like you've failed in. I want you here tonight to lift up your eyes and know God's with you, God's for you. None of us live a perfect life. If if Christianity was perfect, you know, it would be kind of cool, but it's not. It's not for any of us. And even as you go through the Word of God, you realize very quickly how many people that will so often quote, so often refer to as heroes of the faith. Guess what? They failed and they failed miserably sometimes. But God still had their number. God still had a plan and a purpose for each of them. And there's no different for us here tonight. He has a plan and a purpose. And you might feel like you've failed, but it's not over till it's over. There are good days before you. You can think there are good plans for my life. And tonight, I just want to have a little look at a life, a life of a, a man called Peter. If you're unfamiliar with Peter, he is a disciple in the New Testament. He's a disciple of Jesus Christ. He was caught, he was a fisherman, he got caught to come and be a follower of Jesus, to be a disciple, and he started to follow. And he's the one that one day walked on water. Not a bad thing to have on your resume. He's the one that went up for this mountain experience with uh, Jesus in his transfiguration. He's the one that Jesus said, hey, you're a rock, I'm going to build my church on you. He's one that so many great things were cut off. He was one that when actually Jesus was uh, about to get taken away to be crucified and he's in the garden, he's the one that pulls out a sword and cuts off an ear. So it was his passion at the time. But you see, he's done all these great things, but in a moment of time, literally hours after there he is defending Jesus, he denies Jesus three times, not once not twice, but three times after being side 
by side with Jesus Christ. There he is in Jesus' biggest hour, lowest hour, him himself denies Jesus. It was a big low point for a human being. And I've got no idea, but I'm sure Peter felt absolutely terrible about his failings in this area. But I'm just really glad the story did not end there. The story did not end there. And here tonight, I just want to look at four things really quickly. Four things that I believe can help us to not stay stuck when maybe we failed and failed miserably in life. And we can learn from Peter. The first thing I want to highlight and remind us here tonight is God is with you through it all. He does not turn his back. He is always there. Even in your darkest moments, God is there. He is ever present in a time of need. That is his promise from his word, that he is there. He is there through it all. And even if you think you've done the worst of the worst, I mean, Peter denying Jesus, gets that's pretty bad. But guess what? God was still there. He was still there. Even in the midst of the failing, He was still there. God does not abandon us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. What is He? He's with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He is always there. He is always there. Even when you're feeling all those emotions, all those things that come with thinking you have failed, you need to know the truth. He was and He is there. And if we can walk in life, because we might have had some big failings before, but guess what? There's more to come because we're human and it's just what we do. Hopefully we get better in life and we improve and we kind of work our way through life, that we learn from past lessons and we do some things better than what we used to do. We've got to learn. That's maturity. That's going forward in Christ. But some failings will come. But if we can remember this truth, even in the midst of our darkest hours, He's there. That will help us. That will help us in the middle of those hard, rough times that God is with you through it all. Secondly, here tonight, we need to know that God has forgiven you. If you've asked for forgiveness, you have been forgiven. It is not there any longer. God does not look down and point the finger. If you've asked for forgiveness, you've been forgiven. No matter what you've done, if you've asked for forgiveness, you have been forgiven. He's not the God of the second chance. He's not the God of the third, fourth. He is the God of the chances that just keep coming. They just keep coming, they keep coming, they keep coming. That is the God in heaven. And I am so grateful for that, that that is how God is. He keeps giving us what we need. He keeps forgiving. All it is is up to us. And you don't have to be technical and smart and full of theological words as simple as, God, I am sorry. It's all it is. And He forgives. How good is God? How amazing is God? How amazing is, that, is He that that's how He does it? And I just love how in this story that Jesus so goes after Peter. He so pursues Peter. After the worst few weeks of his life, he's portrayed Jesus. Jesus comes after him. I don't think Jesus is content 
unless Peter was renewed, restored, and forgiven. And he went after him. He went after him. In John 21, 15 to 17, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jodah, do you love me? Me born than these, he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jodah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. Jesus so wants to get this across to him. He wants to know he's restored. So three times he asked him the same question. Three times he asked him the same question. And there he goes, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know these things. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep. It was almost like he was cancelling out the three denials. Getting him to say, yes, I love you. Back in those days, this was actually sometimes how they made a contract was verbally, but it was always with three questions and three answers. This, this contract, Jesus had to leave Peter to a higher place. Jesus wasn't content with him carrying the burden and the weight of failing, of denying Christ. He wasn't content. He pursued him. He went after him to make sure that he had a pathway to freedom. I'm so grateful that our God leads us always to a pathway of freedom. He does it no matter what we've done. He does not want us carrying the burden. He leads us forward. He leads us upwards in Christ. We've just got to humble ourselves and just say, I'm sorry. Don't ever let pride get in the way. Excuses get in the way. But this happened. But this is my reason. We've got to get to a place. And sometimes as humans, we are really good at being full of pride. Don't let pride get in the way. I am sorry, Lord, is one of the greatest things you can ever learn to say. And then out of that, remember, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. See, you receive his forgiveness and then you don't dwell on the past. My third point, you don't dwell on the past. I think so often it's ourselves. We are the reasons we get stuck because God releases this beautiful forgiveness. But then we continue to carry things. We continue to beat ourselves up and... And, and we look on the end, it's like, oh, but, but, we actually don't, we don't move into where he wants us to move sometimes. And sometimes it's, it's ourselves. And we need to get free of that. We need to release that off our lives. Just forgive yourself. Just be good at going, okay, I stuffed up. I've asked God to forgive me. He's forgiven me. It was with other people involved. Make things right. But you've got to move on. Don't dwell on your past. It's not good to. I mean, Peter, he's not only did he deny Christ, it says in the Word that then he went fishing. He was a fisherman. He didn't catch anything that night. Like failings were just coming left, right, and center. And sometimes things stack up, and this goes wrong, and this goes wrong, and this goes wrong. And the devil would love us just to fall into that pit and stay in that pit and never get out of that pit or take five years to get out of that pit. Guess what? He wants to lift us out of the pit. He wants to bring us up, and if things are coming hard and fast, just look up to Him. Receive the forgiveness. Let Him lift you out. Don't dive back in and move forward. Go forward, go forward, go forward. Believe. Don't dwell on the past. Don't fall in there. 
I was saying this last week when I preached on the same uh, unstuck topic. Don't let the whispers of the enemy be larger than the promises of God. Because the enemy would love to whisper, you're still guilty. If you're hearing that, that is from the enemy. God's saying you're forgiven. Don't listen to the guilty. Listen to the you are forgiven. But he would love to be whispering things and it was your fault and this, you could have avoided that and that's from the enemy. Stand on the promises of God. You are forgiven. You are set free. You're a child of the Most High God. Go forward. Go forward. Don't dwell on the past. Look forward. Look forward. Because you don't want to be stuck. You've got to go forward. It says in Ecclesiastes 11.4, He who observes the wind will not sow. He who regards the clouds will not reap. Don't find yourself sitting, oh, but, oh, Oh, and just let kind of life go on and kind of and not dive in and not move on and not sink your teeth back into things. We all go through things. The life of, you know, being in a church community, we're not perfect. Things happen. You've got to find your way through. You don't want to be stuck. God needs us. He needs the church moving forward as a mighty army, as a mighty army. There are too many people right now at four minutes past six driving past Silverwater Road past this church and they haven't been to the house of God today. There are too many of them and we are the ones that need to go out and tell them about the house of God. Tell them about what Jesus has done in my life. Tell them that He is my rock. Tell them that I'm going to make through whatever life throws at me. People need to know the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we've got to make sure we don't find ourselves stuck. We bust out of things. We're quick out of things, that we're moving forward. Don't ever let what you've failed in become a a reason to be fearful and paralyze you. Don't go there. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. That is our power, love, sound mind. Don't be fearful. Don't live in fear. I love this. Timothy Keller says this, great pastor in the States, an amazing uh, author. He says, Christians should be known to be calm and poised in the face of difficulty or failure. Calm and poised. The enemy would love us to be running around after our tail, wasting energy, stuck in things, calm and poised. Okay, I've, I've failed, but I've asked for forgiveness. You'll receive that forgiveness. You have peace from heaven and you move forward. If you can do that in life, you'll find yourself not being stuck, you do not want things running through your mind like, oh, oh, if only, if only, if only, if only if I'd gone the day later, if only I'd left a minute earlier, if only I hadn't been so greedy, if only I hadn't gone that, if only I hadn't clicked on that, if only, if only, if only, if only. You learn from the past, but you move on to a new glorious future. We should all do that. And I love Jesus. He just blotted out Peter's denials and he's just got him back on track. Don't dwell on the past because when you move beyond that, you move into a glorious future and then you can start looking ahead with great faith, with great vision for your future. Winston Churchill, success is going from failing to failing without a loss of enthusiasm. Easily written and penned, hard in theory and practice, isn't it? To actually live like that going from failing to failing without a loss of enthusiasm. But you know what? We can actually do it. 
if we're just aware that failing's never a finish, that it's an opportunity to learn, to grow and to move forward. Because I tell you what, if you look at Peter, it is one of the great comeback stories. It is one of the great comeback stories because one of the accounts of this is in John. It's in the end of John. I've been talking about, about, you know, Jesus asking him about, do you love me? It's on my Bible, it's page 908. Guess what? I've only got to turn over one page in my Bible. One page. And on page 910, it's got a topic, a title, and it says, Peter's Sermon at Pentecost. One moment, one moment, he is denying Christ to the voice of a servant girl, and the next moment, he is proclaiming Jesus Christ, Savior to the world, to the multitudes, and 3,000 people, may I add, get saved. It's one page later in my Bible, one page later. He didn't get stuck. He got unstuck and he moved forward. He moved forward into a glorious future. And I just know God's got that for all of us. When you're thrown down, get back up again. Get back up again. My son, Jesse, who's just turned nine, he uh, plays rugby union. And it was probably about a few months ago, uh, he was uh, playing for his local football side. And this season, because there hasn't been a lot of uh, rain, the grounds have been like really quite dusty with not a lot of grass, which kind of makes it kind of, you know, pretty hard when you get tackled hard on that stuff. And he was in a game this year. And at his age group, there's not just like one leader who's captain all games. They kind of share that responsibility around. And there's this day where Jesse's he's given the captaincy. He's captain for this day. And they happened on this day to be playing a brilliant side. His side won more games than they lost this year. But on this particular occasion, he's playing against someone and this other side are brilliant. They're hitting harder than I've seen any other eight-year-olds hit, nine-year-olds hit. His team is just getting annihilated. Annihilated. The hits are big. The hits are hard. He gets hit so hard at, before, at the end of the first half that it takes him a while to get off the ground. I'm so grateful that Natalie wasn't at that game because it would be straight into Hartley. He's off to dance. Uh, have, you, have, you, have you thought about lawn bowls? Swimming's a good sport. It, it wouldn't have been good. It wouldn't have gone down very well. And I saw him on the ground and I knew how much it hurt him. And it was the halftime huddle with the coach. And I kind of just came over and didn't get in the way of the coach. I just kind of stood off to the side. And normally in his age group, if the coach says, uh, who wants to come off? Uh, because they've got reserves, like nobody moves, no one puts their hands up. This particular game, it's like, who wants to come off? And it's like pretty much every kid's hand, like they didn't want to go out for, for another half against this side. It was brutal, it was tough, it was rough. And then he looks down at my son, Jesse. He was given the captaincy for the day and he asked Jesse directly, he says, Jesse, do you want to come off? And I know Jesse was hurt, he's just been smashed in a tackle and he just looks up to that coach and says, no, nah, I'll go back on. Oh, I was like, yo, Jesse! To me, that's better than scoring a hat-trick of tries. To know that no matter what had been thrown at him, that he had decided to get back up again. He wasn't going to let the circumstances, he wasn't going to let them get in the way. 
He was going to look ahead. And we can live like that with faith and vision for a wonderful, wonderful future. We've moved beyond these things and we start looking up. We start looking up. It's the best way to do life. And I'll ask the band to come right now. You need to just keep looking up. You've got to keep getting your vision back. Be thinking good things. Because God's got good plans. He's got good plans. Chris, he's got good plans for you. So we're driving here tonight. I believe that it might be a little bit of a detour, but man, where he's going to bring you in the future is glorious. And it is wonderful. And it is good. And it, it might be the detour, but you're going to end up in a great place. And that's God's heart for all of us. No matter what you're traveling through, maybe right now you're in the middle of it. He's going to get you through. Look ahead and, and go with faith. Go with confidence. Go with vision. You don't achieve barely anything without vision. You've got to have it. You've got to be full of faith. You've got to start declaring good things over your life. Have a vision because His vision for you is wonderful and good. Believe it for yourself. Romans 8, 8, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who accord according to His purpose. All things work together for good. Peter's come back. What a comeback. And it didn't stop there. He goes on to be a huge part of establishing the church in the world. Pivotal in reaching the Gentiles. Writer of some New Testament letters. Letters that reveal great faith in times of personal testing. I want us just to be good at this, not getting stuck. If you're here because you feel like you've failed, let me bring you good news, really good news. You're going to make it through. You're going to pop out. You're going to go into glorious days. He's with you. He's for you. He loves you. He wants to take you for you. He wants that for you. Let's not get stuck. Let's not get stuck. Receive the forgiveness. Receive all that He has for you. Good days ahead. Good days ahead. I look back at my life and I'm like, at 18, opening that letter, didn't feel great. But God had it all sorted. He worked things out. Might not be exactly how we always want it, but He just works it out. You just, you stay on the track. You stay. You just stay. You stay the course. You stand on His Word. You just keep going lead you around to good and glorious and wonderful days because he's a good God. He is a good God. I want to remind us all here tonight, he is good.